0: the weight wheel <laughs> <laughs> kind of spiritual life if you will um, um, not spiritual in the sense of your faith community but spiritual in the sense of your, your spirit, your ups, your downs um, your day to day kind of living we're comfortable doing that because we can have both we can talk to our friends and wives and go out and walk, go see a movie and, and, and stuff like that imagine if that was completely foreclosed to you and all all you had was the electronic mediation. The Sensual World, the album by Kate Bush, she has a uh, song called Deeper Understanding, which was hugely influential thematically when put alongside the idea of, uh, and, and 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 backstory to Hikikomori as a as a social subgroup in Japan. Uh, John Balance and Peter Christofferson, who sadly are no longer with us, of the band Coil, produced a couple of records. I think I think a single and then a full album under the name Elf E L P H. And, you know, Peter Christofferson was a member of Throbbing Gristle. He kind of helped invent what is called industrial music. Now, um, there would be no Nine Inch Nails if there was no Peter Christopherson. Um, He was also an incredible visual artist and did music videos for Rage Against the Machine, and other bands like that. But uh, Christofferson and, and John Balance, um, uh... with the elf project kind of separate and distinct from their music that they did together as Coil they felt that um... elf was being dictated to them from some other place some other planet even in in interviews, some of the interviews when they were talking about the elf project can get pretty weird Um, But they thought the machines were talking to them and helping them produce the music, and it was kind of the very beginnings of kind of the glitch subgenre of of, uh, electronic uh, dance music, for lack of a better word, Um, or electronic music just in general. Kind of electronic avant-garde would be what I would what I would call it. uh and yes, and so Elf was actually the machines doing the music making. And Hikiko Mori is as close to that as I'm willing to admit. <laughs> um I don't know how some of the final mixes got done. They were what in another in a studio setting, if I were if I were recording with my band, I would call or we would call mistakes um, or glitches. Something happened, like the computer, you know, fucked up. I mean, for lack of a better phrase, um, uh, yeah. And that that's Kikomori, I mean, it's the spirit in the machine. It's it's literally the ghost in the machine. There are some tracks on Hikikomori in the mix that I didn't make. I mean, I, I would literally, you know, it'd be, I'd be finishing up a session two, three, four o'clock in the morning. And, you know, on a weekend, when I, um, and kind of close the laptop and, 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 and close the file and wake up, you know, sleep in, wake up 9, 10 o'clock. I'm usually, I'm usually up pretty early um, during the week, so I tend to, to sleep in on the weekends. And as part of my recording process, I tend to, um, when I get to a point, if I'm, particularly if I'm working at night, and I do this in the studio too, recording with the band or, or doing, doing any other things, um, you know, I sleep on stuff. I'll, I'll get to a point where I'm comfortable with something or, 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 or kind of ambivalent about something, and then I will um, usually go to sleep and, and, and wake up, and about mid morning, midday, just do a quick listen. And that tends to fresh, that tends to come up with fresh ideas if something needs to be changed or gives me a perspective on it where I was like, oh, no, no, I I like that a lot better than I did at three o'clock in the morning, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Just because you're tired and you're, you know, your eyes are tired, you know, you've been listening to the track over and over again and you get um, fatigued. Yeah. I mean, it all becomes noise. Exactly. Your ears become fatigued, your mind becomes fatigued. so, uh, almost every track, and there are a few um, where it happened a lot, and there were a few where it happened maybe once, um, uh, of, the, of the five. Um, I would come back at 10 o'clock in the morning or, or noon the next day and do my little quick listen, and there was another track there. Hmm. I can't explain it. Not, not. I can't explain it in a way that makes me feel comfortable. Um, so, uh, other than, you know, other than what Coil said about Elf is that it's the machine doing it, not me anymore. And again, this was this was starting before I had done a lot of the research on Hikiko Mori, or before I went back and listened to that Kate Bush tune, or, or, or um, listened really to, to, the, to the Coil records, uh, or, or understood what glitch, what that glitch subgenre of um, EDM was all about, um, uh, you know, bands like Pansonic and, and stuff like that, I, I hadn't done that yet. And yet, here was the machine doing part of the music making. It's kind of spooky, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is, it is. <laughs> um, do you think as like, the idea of the glitch and things have become more popular, do you feel like people are starting to try to force them and thus they lose their value? So, like, the idea of the machine being the conduit is is become null because it's actually someone trying to manufacture the machine becoming conduit, and so it actually loses its import. I remember an interview with Trent Reznor, um, oh god, this had to have been over over a decade ago, um, where he was bemoaning the fact that they were producing kind of Pro Tools plugins and, and, and these technological things that put mistakes in for you and he was like what are we thinking like what are we doing like that like literally drum plugins for, for software to make your drum machine kind of slide a beat back a little bit or, or, or miss a beat or anything like that so that the music sounded more organic well if you want the music to sound organic hire a drummer and and you know and then and hang and don't edit so much i mean we because we use pro tools and logic and and some of these tools we're we've gone editing crazy I think as, as music producers, and I'm as guilty of it as the next person, um, I will overwork a track, um, almost to the point where I want to throw it away, not even go back and start over and be more, you know, kind of be less hands-on about it. Um, uh, I'll just toss it, um. And I I think that's, with technology, that's the risk that you run, is that you um, can really overwork, and you can over-edit, and you can um, damage some of the more visceral aspects of the music that way. Um, And to me, the extension of that is because we have editing software um, and we have these technological tools, um, You can I mean, I can hit a button um, on, you know, on my array, on, on my screen, and completely turn a track upside down i can invert it um and run it backwards um with a with literally one mouse click and it happens to be the button i'm looking at my array right now um it happens to be the button that's right next to save so um and I and I'm a compulsive saver. Um, so as I'm working through a track, I save. You know, I make a. I you know, I might nudge something or move something, and 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 I immediately save it. Well, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I turn it upside down. You know, sometimes I run it backwards. And I just got used to, particularly, you know, I did this to a degree. Um, it kind of went in a different direction with um, Funi Yuri. Um, but with Hikikomori, I would just leave it i would i would I would stand behind the intention of that was where my my mouse wanted to go and that was that was my intention um, before Hikikomori, than, did you have to fight that impulse more? Oh yeah, I think every musician does I mean I've been in the studio um with, you know, with my band. And, and and as soon as you finish a drum track, you're like, I can do that again. I can do that better. And so that's the, how I've been trained. That's, that's the musician in me. That's the traditional expectation. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, about that work ethic. You know, um, it's been drummed into us that, you know, you you do take after take after take um, to try to get to reach this goal, kind of to reach this you know, um, uh, the Damned put it great in their uh, song Sanctum Sanctorum, reaching for something that's just out of reach. Um, You know, you're trying to get at this perfect track or perfect, you know, perfect take, Um, and that's what's drummed into you and so yeah recording some of this music and um uh, some of the things that happened that I can't explain um and being okay with the with that and being comfortable and putting that in um uh was yeah was, was something that I had to um I had to take on as part of my as part of my compositional aesthetic, yeah.